shine between the lines If you would let yourself go Find some place you know You can use your words, use your hands You can change the world, just pretend Express yourself, take a chance and you'll see Who you'll be It's time to express yourself Where teens talk and the world listens Presented by Star Style Productions as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. You'll rock to an hour of adolescent fusion with your teen hosts and on-air reporters. Meet and chat with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with subjects regarding anything and everything that you want to know. It's time to kick off the fun with our star teens. Welcome to Express Yourself. What does sewing and singing feet have in common? You'll find out today on Express Yourself with our topic of do-it-yourself or DIY. Hello and welcome to Express Yourself. We're a program by, for, and with creative young people. A platform to give teens a voice right here on the Voice America Kids Network. I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Kai Kelly. So today's show is all about the very trendy do-it-yourself movement. And you'll meet a couple of teen entrepreneurs who are doing it themselves and helping others do it too. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions and brought to you as an outreach service of the Be The Star You Are charity. An important announcement before we talk about do-it-yourself. Our 10th annual Be The Star You Are essay contest has launched with the theme of what it means to be an American. The essay competition is open to all ages and all abilities. Prizes include money, books, radio interviews, so enter today. Go to StarStyleRadio.com and click on events. We've been told that back in the 1970s, do-yourself projects for teens and young adults were all the rage from making bead necklaces, tie-dyed clothes, earrings, belts, and headbands. Of course, lots of parents called these creative kids hippies. Today, however, do-it-yourself is considered very hip, cool, and one of the many ways to be successful. Right. Everyone of all ages, tweens, teens to seniors, male and female, are enjoying crafting step-by-step in record numbers. Whether it's to learn how to make candles or paint cars, there's a do-it-yourself project for everyone. And our first guest is a rising sophomore at the University of California in Berkeley. Born in Chicago, Sarah Trail grew up in the Bay Area of California. She was she is a social welfare major and a public policy minor, and her focus is looking at inequality through the lens of poverty. She wishes to eradicate poverty by reforming the education system. She is a nationally published author of two titles, Sew with Sarah and Cool Stuff to Sew with Sarah, and she has accomplished early professional success in the sewing industry. Sarah is also a licensed designer for Simplicity Patterns, Inc. and Fabric Quilt Fabrics. Her patterns, fabrics, and books are sold worldwide. Currently, Sarah is featured in a 90-second program on the Disney Channel where she teaches a recycled denim clothes project. In addition to designing, Sarah enjoys staying active on her school campus with her involvement with Roosevelt Campus Network and Andrew Goodman. Welcome, Sarah, to Express Yourself. Hi, nice to be on. So at age 14, when most girls are preoccupied with school and texting their friends and all the day-to-day drama of high school, you had already mastered sewing. And I'm curious, what interested you in learning to sew? Um, I would say just the creativity that sewing gives you. 
For example, I would watch Project Runway as a young <laughs> kid and be inspired by just all the designs and just the freedom you have with fabric and the freedom to express yourself. I went to a private school where uniform was heavily enforced, so being able to do small things such as tailor my skirt or add in the under fabric to the collar of a button-up or things like that in elementary school were kind of what got me started. But other than that, I just have always had a... I've done pottery, I've done beading, I've done... Um, canvas I've been sketching I've just always been a really artsy type kid because my mom banned me I wasn't allowed to have tv or a cell phone <laughs> or any of the fun essential things to being a teen uh, until a really later age yeah and I actually took a home ec kind of class in eighth grade and I was very very challenged at sewing like all my friends were like oh look at this really cool pillow I made and I was just like I don't know if that's a pillow, but where did you learn to sew? I always really, I really wanted to sew. I tried croquet, I tried knitting, but none of it worked out. Oh, <laughs> uh, my grandma taught me. My, oh, wow. My, mom, my grandma sews really well, and she had an antique machine that, like, instead of just pushing the pedal down, you have to, like, bend it back and forth. It's like one of those old antique singer machines. So because she used to babysit me as a young kid, she let me sit on her lap, and I would just press the pedal at the age of, like, four. That's such a cool story and an interesting way to learn how to sew. Um, did you learn how to, um, did you know how to make all of your, did you make some of your own clothes or did you just do um, things for fun on the side or? I started out just doing quilts because that's what she used to do. So after I started doing quilts, I would take it to church and I would show them. And then um, I realized like the more aspects there was to sewing around like the age of 10, so until from like, I'd say four to 10, all I did was I made quilts. Then when I got 10, I was like, okay, well, I want to do design. So I would go to Joann's and I would buy patterns. And soon I mastered making a pattern. And after that, I'm like, okay, well, I want to expand my talent. And then I started making my own patterns. And so after that, I seeked advice and I went and I found a mentor, an ex-fashion um, designer. She happened to be in our church and she was like, oh, I see you really like to sew. I used to teach, you know, sewing and fabric design. So I'd be like, wow. So she's like, would help me. I would to sketch a design I would go over to her house and we would help make it 3D and so it would just it was amazing I was really blessed and fortunate to be able to have a mentor just in my life like that who was just undercovered until I kind of put it out there that I was looking for advice and help yeah I feel like that always happens like there's so many great resources all around but we don't really realize it until we actually do need help and do you still talk to your mentor today I do. I had lunch with her last month. Oh, wow. She, she lives two hours away, but I definitely try to always make it back home and thank people. And, you know, just things like birthday cards and calling them on holidays. It's always nice to always give back. Yeah, that's a really very cool story, and she must be really, really proud of you. Um, did you make your own patterns? or Like you said, you mentioned you would bring those patterns to her and help. she would help you make them 3D. But did you just draw them all entirely on your own, or how did exactly... Did that work? I would draw them on my own, and it would be like just a sketchbook sketch. And then we would get um, wrapping paper, and like any kind, it's not the metallic kind. And then we'd use the other side of it, and so we'd cut out pattern pieces through wrapping paper. Wow. And how did you get the money to buy fabrics? Because I know fabric is actually pretty expensive. I was trying to make my pillows for home ec, and my mom was like, why are you doing this? Yeah, it actually is. And with today's, like, the price of cotton rising, yeah. it's cheaper to just buy the things at Walmart <laughs> than it is to, like, actually sell them. But um, I would sell things. I've been a pretty, as a young age, a pretty <laughs> good entrepreneur. I would sell things for, like, 
for quilting, I, I really excelled in quilting and I could follow any pattern. I would make quilts for my mom's wow. friends to be wall hangings. And so I would get a couple hundred bucks for each quilt I made. That's really amazing. I wish I had that kind of quilting talent. <laughs> Thank you. It's fun. I encourage every kid because sewing is something that kind of a lot of people, you know, say that it's a girl thing. But really, a lot of guys sew. And it's really a lucrative and profitable market. I would encourage everyone to try out sewing because if you don't want sewing, you can do upholstery. You can do fashion design. You can do draperies. You can do – there's so many outlets of sewing, like – it's just, it's a really fun thing. You can even just do things like, I had a whole thing in high school when snapbacks were really popular. I would change the color on the lid of the snapbacks and sell them for 20 bucks. So people <laughs> would bring me their snapbacks, and then I would put cheetah print on the lid, or I would put zebra stripe, or I would put floral, or I would put snake skin, and that was $20 right there for an hour's worth of work. And did you ever feel discouraged by sewing? Because I know sewing, like, you prick your fingers often, and it hurts. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've been discouraged many times. When that happens, I usually just kind of stop, and I'll just go do something else, and then I'll come back to it. I've sewed my finger. I was on the phone. Oh, my gosh. I was on the phone with my mentor, and I was sewing my prom dress, and I literally just sewed over my finger, and I cried. And she was like, why are you on the phone and sewing? How many times have I told you not to do that? And I was like, ugh. That's such a funny story. And then also, how did you get discovered by the Simplicity Pattern Company? I was at a pattern show and I contacted one of the vendors and they're like, if you have any designs, you know, I was like, hi, I don't really have any designs on me, but I'm young. I was 15 and I was like, I'm 15. You know, I really like to sew. I was getting ready to turn 16. It was like the month of my birthday. I got in contact with them. And, um, afterwards I sent them a lot of sketches. We had phone conferences and then they flew me out to New York. They gave me fabric and they were like, okay, make something with this. So they, I guess they wanted to see if I could actually sew. So I was like, Oh, I can make something with this. So I draped and drafted and made it, you know, a dress within the two-hour time. Wow. And so after that, they were impressed. Now, okay, well, we'd like to, um, you know, have you on board as a pattern designer. And I was like, cool beans. Have you ever um, contemplated being on Project Runway? You have to be 21 or older. Oh, are you going to think about that? I, if I'm not too busy with graduate school, because mm-hmm. I plan on going straight to graduate yeah. school after undergrad, I definitely would <laughs> hope so. I, I would hope so. That's definitely one of my dreams. Well, thank you, Sarah, for all this wonderful info on how you got started with sewing. And more info about Sarah's rise to fame can be found at SewSarahSew.com. Don't worry, because Sarah will be with us in our next segment to tell us more. I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Kai Kelly. So stay with us for a conversation with an award-winning journalist and best-selling author coming up next. But before that, we're also going to be interviewing Sarah for a little while longer. You are listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids Radio Network. Listen, the later it gets, you're listening to Voice America Kids. When you're 12 years old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. 
Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Kai Kelly, and today we are talking about do-it-yourself, or in common language, D-Y-I. I'm Young Juan. SoSarahSo.com is the place for kids and teens to get fun ideas, share work, and learn how to make something without spending an entire allowance. There's no limit to what we can make, and there's no such things as mistakes. A wrong turn on a project could open up a whole new opportunity. And Sarah Trail is all about being green, using recycled materials in her projects and not letting scraps go to waste. If you think green, you can make it green. And the best part is that you can do this too. So we're back here with Sarah. Hi, Sarah. Hey, how's it going? Good. Yeah, so you tell your followers, let's get behind our machines and make something fun. So where do you begin when you're talking about making something fun? I will either begin in a thrift store or with my sketchbook. Those are my two top places. <laughs> thrift stores are one of the best places ever. I just love thrift stores so much. But do you have a favorite item to sew? Um, I would probably say if I was going to upcycle, it would be denim jacket just because every thrift store has denim jackets and there's like endless possibilities from studs to rhinestones to patches to leather accessories to distressing it to bleaching it. Denim jackets are just sturdy enough to be able to withhold a lot and they're great beginner items for people who want to begin fashion design or even just upcycling or even just um, accessorizing thrift store clothes. That's very cool. And then you mentioned, you just mentioned the term upcycling. Can you explain that a little bit more? Upcycling is when you take something that's already been created by someone and then you change it or like add things or just reconstruct it or even take it apart to make it like more unique and more of what something that you would like. So you just kind of add your own flair to it. And so I had a question about Simplicity Pattern Company and what's involved with being part of it. With being a Simplicity Pattern Designer, they ask for things such as there's meetings, there's um. For instance, they'll, they'll predict the new trends. So, for oh. example, they'll be like, okay, overalls are going to be really in style this year. You need to send us some overall sketches. So I'll say, okay, so I'll get out my sketchbook. And they usually want maybe 50 sketches a week of just sketches or ideas. Or The idea could be um, leather overalls. That could be one of the ideas. But they just want 50 ideas, 50 sketches, 50 um, accessory designs or 
For example, I could be like, I want a zipper on the side. That's not going to do anything, but it's just going to be an extra detail. Things like that. So they usually want 50 a week. And then um, they'll have other things. So like they'll be like, okay, prom season's coming in. We want you to work on, you know, cheetah prints going to be really unpopular. Or they want princess-style dresses. So they'll kind of tell me a general idea of what they're looking for. And then I'll send them sketches that'll not be what they asked for, but like a spinoff of what they've asked for. That's a very cool thing, and it's awesome that you were able to do this all throughout high school. Um, I'm also curious, really quickly, you mentioned that you go to UC Berkeley. What made you decide to stay close to, relatively close to home when you went to college? Definitely the convenience of my sewing studio. For Chris, for two Christmas and birthday presents, my mom has, and parents, my parents are very supportive. And um, they've, like, cut two of the house rooms, and so I have a really big sewing studio. Wow. Suited with fabric, with built-in shelves, built-in sewing machine table, and it's just, like, a really tricked-out sewing room. And so if I were to go away <laughs> or, like, go out of state, I definitely wouldn't be able to have the accessibility of going home and just things with simplicity. And I'm also a fabric designer. When they ask for things, I need to be able to have a studio and an outlook and a place to be able to go back and create. So staying home. Yeah, that sounds so cool. But how did you get a book and DVD contract so young? Um, I was at a book sale. They had a book sale at a publisher's house. So after a year is over, they'll sell all their books that are usually 20 to 30 to $40 even. And they'll sell them for half price just because they want to clear out the warehouse. And they had a sign that said, if you want to write a book, come talk to me. And there was a line of adults that were in line trying to, you know, who doesn't want to write a book? But um, I didn't want to stay in the line. So after I had purchased my stuff and everyone else was in line to buy, I went back to the thing and I said, hi, I'm Sarah. You know, I'm 13 years old and I want to write a book. And at first she looked kind of amused and she was like, oh, really? And I was like, I'm serious. And so she gave me her business card and she said, OK, well, when you get home, tell your mom to give me a call and I'd like you to bring in what you've sewn. So I told my mom. My mom was really discouraging. She was really like, Sarah, you have to have a PhD and you have to master your field and you have to be top of the line to be able to write a book. Girl Stones, you're not going to have credibility. You have to establish your credibility. And I was like, well, mom, I'm trying to be the best, you know, master culture out here. So I need to write a book if I want to have credibility. To break the whole story up, we, I eventually went there. They were really impressed with the work that I have done. And so at the meeting, the first meeting, even though usually you have to write a book proposal and go through lots of steps to actually write a book, they said, you know, we really like your energy, your enthusiasm, and we'd like to offer you a contract. So I signed the contract that day, and then it was a nine-month process wow. of the most work I think I've ever done. And this was eighth grade year. That sounds incredible, especially considering how how – you did it so young. I can't even imagine what I was doing in eighth grade was definitely yeah. not writing yeah, a book. So, yeah, I was thinking about it. Like, oh, I'd be cool one day. But I was definitely not taking the initiative and definitely not sewing. But how did you end up on Disney Channel? My website. Disney Channel emailed me through my website. And they're like, love what you're doing. Um, would you be interested on being on the Disney Channel? And I just forwarded the email to my mom. I was like, mom, can I say yeah? Mom was like, sure. And so I said, yeah. Then they said, okay, we're going to fly out to you October. And I was just like, okay, sounds cool. They filmed for, I think, nine hours for the 60 seconds. <laughs> it was, I, was, I thought it was going to be like a two-hour tops type thing. But it really was a whole lot more. And it just showed me, like, the life of real, real Disney Channel stars, how much work that yeah. is. Because Are you still I, doing that today? I'm not. I'm, I'm not really into um, video. I like teaching. Yeah. Like, I like okay. more hands-on. I definitely yeah. like more hands-on. 
Right. And you said that um, your parents once said that once Sarah caught the sewing bug, there was no stopping her. We even had to turn off the power to her house to keep her from getting up to sew in the middle of the night. And she began teaching at age nine. So I'm curious what spurred you. You obviously learned and really quickly mastered at least much of the art of sewing. What made you then turn to want to teach? Because I realized sewing was kind of a privileged hobby, and you kind of have to have parents who are willing to invest in a $100 sewing machine, <laughs> the $50-ness, and the, the tools, yeah. the rotary, the cutting mat. Sewing is more of an upper or, you know, middle-class type um, opportunity, and a lot of the kids in my church, or a lot of them are foster kids, and so not a lot of people were able to afford that. So with that being said, I said, Mom, we need to build a sewing room, and invite people over. So my mom was like, okay, we can do that. Then after I talked to my pastor, he just did a collective offering of, you know, members of the congregation <laughs> just gave, and he bought four sewing machines. And then we wow. ran a, a church sewing studio, and we had kids every day after church staying. And it was really like, it was just a lot of hands-on. It was a lot of fun. We did a collaborative quilt where every kid made a block. Then I took the blocks home. And although they weren't all perfect, I had to cut and add borders <laughs> and make them be able to work. We just had We did PJs. And then we had a fashion show with smaller things. So wow. Like, we would make T-shirts or a shift dress. And it was really inspiring. And um, letting people sew, you can really see their self-esteem get boosted. Because, you know, they, they leave with the, something they made. And it's just really inspiring to see other kids get inspired and excited over the same things you are. Yeah, that sounds really exciting and a really great way to inspire other people in your community. But are you working on any current big sewing projects now? I am. Right now, I've been doing um, art quilts, which is like where you could take an image, like a realistic image. I take a picture of Trayvon Martin after he was murdered in February, and I made a quilt of him, and it's like wow. eight feet big, and so it's like a memorial. Then after that, this summer, I did a quilt of, after the Sandy Hook tragedy. I did an American flag upside down symbolizing May Day because when the flag is upside down, yeah. you know, it means help, SOS type thing. And so I did that, and I have everyone's name who died in the Sandy Hook, the Batman, and the Virginia Tech Massacre. Their name is stitched in the quilt, and it has a picture of a hand holding a gun, just symbolizing the gun violence in America. That's really amazing. Those are very, and they're very powerful projects. Yeah, it's definitely. really interesting how you're able to send such a strong message through something that I think... Um, honestly, I just generally associate, like, I learned how to sew when I was very young, but obviously not on your level, and it was something that was kind of, not something I would ever think of using for social empowerment, which you obviously did, so that was, that's a very interesting application of something that you generally don't think of doing it yourself in that sense. Yeah, I've, I definitely, I, like, I call them social justice quotes. So, like, if I find an issue that I feel, you know, needs, you know, some public attention, I can make art because art lasts forever and fabric doesn't deteriorate <laughs> easily. Well, thank you so much, Sarah. I loved your book, and I know others like me will love it, too. And I'm so glad to hear that you're taking sewing to inspire people and also make these really amazing memorial projects. For more info, visit SewSarahSew.com. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Kai Kelly, so congrats on all of your success, and we do wish you the best of luck as you continue your sophomore year at UC Berkeley. Visit us at www.expressyourselfteenradio.com and check us out on Tumblr at www.btsyaradio.tumblr.com. Stay right here. We'll be right back. old, it seems as if nobody understands what you go through. You're not quite a teenager yet, but you're definitely not a little kid anymore. 
Tune in to Life at 12 for the answers and support you need to get through this time in your life. Your hosts have some amazing life experiences, and because of this, they have the know-how to get you through 12 and on to 13 and beyond. It's a tough point in your life right now. Get the advice you need on Life at 12, Monday afternoons at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Kids channel. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in every Monday for Purple Songs Can Fly. Our program serves as a musical outlet for children being treated at the Texas Children's Cancer and Hematology Centers. These songs are flown all over the world and even into space. Hundreds of songs have been written and recorded and have been part of shuttle missions, airline in-flight playlists, toured with the Rolling Stones, gone undersea and to the top of Mount Everest. Join our hosts for some great music on Purple Songs Can Fly, Mondays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Kids. We didn't invent Kid Talk, we perfected it, and at a very young age. You're listening to Voice America Kids. is a show for the reader and those that should probably be reading a little more. We'll tackle the classics, the bestsellers, and the brand new works that you won't be able to put down. Your host will be combing the pages of them all and letting you know what needs to be in your personal library and what might be better reading for the bathroom. Tune in to Bookworm, airing Thursdays at 3 p.m. Pacific Time and 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids channel. We promise that listening will be just like delving into a good book. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Young Juwan. And I'm Kai Kelly. So today we're discussing do-it-yourself projects on this episode of Express Yourself. Our special guest right now is Asia Gonzalez, who is a founder of Stinky Feet Girls. Stinky Feet Girls was established in 2010 by a 13-year-old designer who is now 16, Asia Gonzalez. What started out as a simple doodle in a notebook evolved into a variety of hairstyles and face shapes. She then took these designs to her mom and with her help, supervision, encouragement, and connections, launched Stinky Feet Girls right from their home. 
Stinky Feet Girls was designed to be a fun, simple, adorable collection of 1940s-inspired, sassy, quirky, amusing, and expressive apparel and accessory items. So Asia is a dedicated student and philanthropist, and aside from running her own business, going to school, and participating in sports, she also takes time to speak to large groups of students and teachers about following their dreams and also about her charity, She Is Worth It. So we're very excited today to hear more about Stinky Feet Girls as well as as Asia's charity. So welcome, Asia, to express yourself. Thank you. So how did you come up with the Stinky Feet Girls as a name? Actually, when my mom was little, she would play with her cousins out um, with her cousins. And when they would come back in the house, they would take off their shoes and sit on the couch to watch TV. And their grandma would be in the room and she would just say, oh, my gosh, you guys have such stinky feet. So (laughs) actually the original stinky feet girl. (laughs) That's a very funny way to come up with a name. And then I'm also curious, was there a particular moment that inspired you to start your own uh, collection? Like, you started out as a simple do- doodle, but what made you think that you would then want to turn that doodle into a real business? We were sitting in a restaurant, and I didn't actually have my sketchbook on me, so I had a pen that I stole from my mom's purse. (laughs) I got a napkin, and I was just doodling and uh, waiting for the food to come to the table, and I showed my mom. I was like, is this cute? She's like, oh, my gosh, that is adorable. We should should do something with it. And I was like, (laughs) I think it would look great on T-shirts. I think people would totally love it. Yeah, and did you first, like, spread to your local community, or did you launch, like, how, what was the steps of the business procedure? Uh, a farmer's market, actually. Oh. Yeah. And then what do you enjoy about being an entrepreneur? My favorite thing about being an entrepreneur is being able to use my talents that I have and being able to use them to build my own future and uh, just building a life for myself based on what I can do. Yeah. And did you ever, do you, how did you go about increasing your business past the farmer's markets? We used a lot of social media. Okay. I definitely spread it around. Like if we went to the mall, I would tell people <laughs> about it. Um, I'd be like, Hey, I have a business. Guess what it is. And uh, I'd go to my school, tell my friends about it. Um, I'd let my mom, uh, I'd be like, mom, go tell your friends about this. And uh, I'd have my dad go spread the word at his work. <laughs> it just built up from there, basically word of mouth. Yeah. And do you still make these at home or do you have a factory or deal with factory? Like, how does that work? We have a business called um, Bella that we use for them. Okay. To, and they mail them to us and then we sell them online. That's very cool. And then what did your friends and your family think when you decided? So obviously your mom was very supportive, but what about your other friends? What did they say when you decided to be an entrepreneur? There is actually the good and the bad. Um, I've learned who my true true friends are, and I've had friends, you know, come up to me asking me for money or um, telling me my name for my company is weird and so you know with stuff like that they just they left but then I have friends now who are totally supportive they I have one friend who wants to be my secretary and (laughs) (laughs) yeah and come with me on the trips and um some people will joke that they're jealous but I really know that they're really supportive and my family is definitely very very supportive um I've had some extended family give me some negative comments about it 
And I just, you know, I think, you know, people have their negative comments and, you know, I might think this is a good idea and I definitely think this is a good idea, but some people might not. And I just think, you know, my family's there for me. Yeah, yeah that's really wonderful. And what is the best thing about owning a business? Historically, women really didn't have they had a challenge in the men's world and you know um they didn't make as much money as the men did they were passed up and the best thing about being a business owner is that not only am i a teen business owner i'm actually a teen female business owner that's very cool and so then you have a really powerful role as a woman being able to um, work into this emerging field and I know that we've seen a lot of I've actually watched quite a few speeches recently by Sheryl Sandberg about the whole mm-hmm. lean in thing do you yeah. have do you think you have a little bit of a feminist perspective for your business running or is it just an added benefit that you're a girl and that you're doing these things it's a added benefit as a girl mm-hmm. um, I think of Rosie the Riveter um, how she was able to encourage, you know, the we can do this type thing. And that's basically what I think of. And how has your life changed since you started this business? Actually, when before I started this business, yeah. I didn't even think that it would be this awesome to be a business owner. I didn't even think that I would have this much excitement as a business owner. It's totally changed my life. I've had more opportunities to travel the country. I didn't even think about going to St. Louis. Um, I didn't even think I'd be going to North Carolina. (laughs) It's been so cool to be able to travel, to be able to know that I'm building my own dreams in my life. Um, Definitely knowing that I have control over my life. Yeah, that sounds really awesome. And it's awesome that you have been able to take so much initiative and get the support of the good friends and good family behind you, even if sometimes people are are naysayers. Do you think you're really busy? How easy is it for you to balance the difference between being a full-time student also being a business person how do you balance the two it's pretty crazy sometimes other time it's other times it's fine um right now we're really busy so me being in school till about um 2 15 then going home and having to do about three hours of homework and then um having to work on my business basically my day starts at five o'clock in the morning and it doesn't really end until about 11 so between wow. those hours, it's school, homework, uh, <laughs> job, traveling, <laughs> crazy. And you're also a philanthropist. And can you explain to us what, what She Is Worth It is? She Is Worth It is a preventative awareness campaign against child sex trafficking. And what we do is we want to get into high schools to talk to teens about the dangers of child sex trafficking. Um and basically let everybody know and have everybody aware of this disgusting crime. Mm. Oh, what inspired you to start a f- uh, charity with this kind of message? Uh, actually, my friend, my mom's friend, when she was 15, disappeared and she didn't know where she went. Uh, my mom hasn't seen her since. They were in uh, high school. And we were watching a music video one day and it was about runaway kids and missing kids and they had a section in the music video where they showed uh, a slideshow of all these kids who are missing or ran away and her friend actually popped up and my mom's like oh my gosh that's uh, Melissa and I was like wait what and she told me that she had been missing since high school and I was like wow and she's like she was mostly put into the sex trafficking industry and put put into Mexico and 
I was like, wow, this has got to stop. And then later on, maybe a few months later, I started, I watched the movie Taken. That scared me so bad. That definitely made me more aware of what was happening out in the world. And it gave me, like, snapped in my mind that I wanted to end this now. I wanted to make a difference. Yeah, that's a really powerful story. Thanks so much for sharing, Asia. Asia will be up with us in the next segment, so visit her website. In the meantime, www.stinkyfeetgirls, that's girls with a G-U-R-L-Z.com. I'm Kai Kelly. And I'm Young Juan. During the break, visit our creative community at btsya.com. Stay with us for our last segment for more Stinky Feet. Kids safe, mother approved. You're listening to Voice America Kids. Have you heard your 15 minutes of fame? How about four times that every single week? It's the fame game. Listen as Maddie Rose, who is up and coming in the world of fame, brings you fame from all walks of life. You'll hear from doctors, teachers, mentors, life heroes, as well as those in the fields of acting, movies, music, and more. Who knows? You might be the next one Maddie Rose talks to on the air. Listen for the fame game every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Pacific Time, 8 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Kids Channel. What's going on behind the scenes with your favorite Voice America show or host? For the latest news, visit the iRadio blog at iradioblog.com. Looking for an on-air community where teens talk and the world listens? Tune in to Express Yourself, an entertaining adolescent fusion radio program where passion and possibility populate the airwaves. Our vivacious teen hosts and star-studded field reporters from around the country offer stimulating segments and invigorating viewpoints connecting with the world campus of young people. We'll talk with cool celebrities, exhilarating experts, and tenacious teens with experience. Tuesdays at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Kids. Express yourself. Sometimes we may sound strange, but remember, we're just kids with opinions. You're listening to Voice America Kids. You're listening to Express Yourself on the Voice America Kids channel, where teens talk and the world listens. Express Yourself is produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Now, back to our star teens. Hey, thanks for staying with us here at Voice America Kids. Our program is Express Yourself, giving youth across the world a voice to be listened to. I'm Kai Kelly. And I'm Young Juwa. It's been a fascinating episode of Express Yourself with our special guests sharing their experiences and expertise on the topic of do-it-yourself. Asia Gonzalez is our guest for this segment, and she is the founder of Stinky Feet Girls. Recently, she was invited by Concordia University to be their keynote speaker at one of their teen entrepreneurial academies in Irvine, California, and now travels with the independent youth to speak at teen entrepreneur symposiums all over the country. Asia is very passionate about bringing awareness and education of child sex slavery and trafficking as well. 
Yes, and Asia has also been drawing and designing since she was a toddler. So following into this line of business was clearly a natural path. She is currently putting together a portfolio of her prom dress, evening gown, purse, and shoe collection, and aspires to have her own high-end fashion line in the near future. In addition to that, she's also a very active philanthropist and has been speaking world nationwide about her her charity. So, hi, Asia. Welcome back. Hi. Thank you for having me. So, on your website, you say that Stinky Feet Girl is more than a brand. It's communication. And what does that mean? It's definitely a message to be able to inspire people to build their own life, have their own business, know that they can do what they dream, follow their heart. Um, Definitely a word of encouragement to be able to empower young people. Yeah, it's very, very cool. And then also in the end of our last segment, we talked briefly about your charity. And we're curious to know a little bit more about that child sex slavery and trafficking that you mentioned. So could you just give us a little bit more background information on that issue? Um, Child sex trafficking is a very big industry. It's second um, uh, to to the drug cartel. Um, And it's bound to surpass it very soon. It's very big in America. Most people, when I talk to them about it, they're like, oh, that happens in India or it happens in Europe. It is definitely here. America is the largest hub. Um, About 120,000 girls get trafficked each year through America. And I just want to let people know that this is happening in their neighborhood. It's not just some third world crime. Um, I definitely want to let people know that they need to help these girls that you know, I'm doing it. You definitely can do it, too. You can help me help these young children because it's not just girls. It's also boys. Um, boy, uh, sex trafficking of boys is very big in India. Um, I just want to let people know that they need to have more awareness about it. And what happens is, um, let's say a former sex slave comes out and they need to go um, pick up another person because, you know, with, with drugs, if you – use up a thing of, I don't know, heroin, you need to produce another one. With these girls, you can use them five times, 50 times a day, and they can be reused, and it's not like you needing to produce another thing of heroin or something like that. So these girls get used 50 times a day. If they need a new one, they'll have one of the former, one of the girls go out and befriend one of these um, strangers, and they'll become a victim of child sex trafficking like that. That sounds very terrible, and it's really amazing that you're willing to stand up for this and to make a difference in the lives of the kids who are affected by that. Uh, So we have a little bit of a statistic here. 300,000 children are trafficked here in the United States. I think that's very interesting when you think about the, in the context of what we often think about where sex trafficking is occurring. We don't normally think of it happening in our neighborhood, and you talked about that a lot a little bit earlier. So that's very, it's very admirable what you've decided to do with this issue. Thank you. Yeah, I definitely was really surprised at that statistic that Kai just shared because when I think of the U.S., I don't necessarily think it's the largest hub of child sex slavery but or trafficking. But you're also a teen speaker for an entrepreneur network. And how do you tie in your message of business and also philanthropy together? 
Well, independent youth contacted me to join their network. So we travel to different states, and I talk to, to, to teens um, in their high school years of starting their business, um, starting their dreams, definitely following what they think they want to do because you can do it. It doesn't matter what somebody else says, uh, What if somebody thinks something bad about it. If they're discouraging you, just know that you are the controller of your own life. You can build your own life. Um, definitely what I say is if you don't go out and build your dreams, someone else will hire you to build theirs. And that's something that I really want to get across to these teens is that you can build your own life. You can build your own dreams and, you know, just follow your heart. Yeah, I think that's a really important message for these, for everybody to hear, not just girls necessarily, but everybody. And then you can tell, tell us a little bit more about the 1940s inspired t-shirts where the girls have big red lips, long luscious lashes, and pin curls. Well, the 1940s is actually my favorite era because I just love the way they did their hair. Actually, I, I really wish my hair would do that, um, but <laughs> it just, it doesn't. <laughs> so I really love the era, how they looked. And I thought, you know, the big red lips, the long lashes, the really pin curled hair is just adorable. So I want to be able to put that on shirts and just basically like, you know, rebirth that era to have people notice on how gorgeous it was. Yeah, and are there any other part like reasons why you like that era so much? It's definitely a big fashionable era. I want to be a fashion designer when I grow up, so it was a big, um, very iconic era just right before the 1950s, which is when Marilyn Monroe was a huge icon, and she's definitely a fashionable role model for me, too. Yeah, that's very, very cool. And then we also are, I'm curious because now you're still very young and you've been doing this business for a number of years now. And obviously you're hoping to expand it and I'm sure it will be continue to grow in the years to come. Uh, what do you want to be when you grow up do you, or do you have any idea? My biggest idea definitely is being a fashion designer. I want to get out, you know, like Coco Chanel and Dior <laughs> Um, Prada, I want to be a huge fashion label because, you know, um, I started drawing designs when I was really young and I actually have my portfolio. I have a binder. It's like that thick. It's crazy. I've been filling it up. I need more sleeves to put my designs in. So we have to go to the store and buy some more. And I just, I really want to be a fashion designer. That's one thing that I've had my mindset on for years. And as a background job, when I have some free time, I want to be a Formula One or IndyCar racer. Oh, wow. That's really different. <laughs> it, people always laugh when they hear, like, oh, I want to be a fashion designer, but I also want to race cars. And they're like, what? Yeah. <laughs> and what is your personal sense of style? My personal sense of style would actually be definitely comfort but also uh, chic. I love um, the sleek look. I like, um, I don't like it too uh, flashy. I like it um, simple but elegant. Um, like the, I love scarves as I'm wearing one right now. I love them. I have basically almost a quarter of my closet filled with scarves. <laughs> That's really crazy. And then what are, what do you have for, uh, do you have any advice for young Jew and I? So we're a little bit older, but we obviously have very different experiences than you, and neither of us run our own businesses. Yeah. So do you have just any advice for us in general? 
definitely if you have an idea and you think it's going to work or even if you think you know um, I'm gonna chance it even if it might not work go for it you know people may say oh it's not gonna work or oh you're too young to even start this or honest oh, that's a weird idea go for it because you are the controller of your own life you can build your own dreams and nobody else can do that for you yeah that's yeah. definitely that's an important, important message that should be shared more often. And this was a really fun day. at the art, As the Artsy Gifts reporter, I am totally into do-it-yourself projects and going on Pinterest and finding all sorts of cool things to do. But thank you so much, Asia, for sharing your experiences with business, philanthropy, and even spreading awareness to the world about the terrible crimes of sex trafficking. You can find out more about her at Sinky Feet Girls, and that's G-U-R-L-Z dot com. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. I'm Young Juan. And I'm Kai Kelly. So tune in to Express Yourself Teen Radio every Tuesday at noon Pacific for the late- latest on what's happening with youth. Thanks to Star Style Productions, Be the Star You Are, and Kid Star for producing this show. Thanks to our Voice America Kids crew, especially Perry Damone and Bruce Solstein. Thanks to our guests from across the world. And thanks to you, our listeners, for making us a top-rated program. Up next, a track from the Kid Star Album of the Month. And you have been listening to Express Yourself, an on-air global community where teens talk and the world listens. Until next week, remember, speak up and express yourself. Thanks for joining us this week on Express Yourself, produced by Star Style Productions, LLC, as an international outreach program of Be The Star You Are charity. For more information about our show, be sure to visit ExpressYourselfTeenRadio.com. Please join us again next Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, when teens talk and the world listens on the Voice America Kids channel. Until then, remember to express yourself. Stars that shine. Hello, my name is Cindy Marie from Phoenix, Arizona and host of Bookworm. The Kids Store Album of the Month this month is Back in School, Neil Brewer and Friends. Let's listen to Everybody's Somebody Else. I can still recall back when we were kind of small. We paid real close attention to the clock upon the wall. Now, friend, I have to say school was fine for half the day. But after three, my friends and me were off and on our way. Because everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings. I was playing three chords Ricky beat the bongos Till he made his knuckles real sore We practiced every night Trying to move our fingers right Yeah, the sounds we made were silly But we worked until we really had a thing Because everybody's somebody else When the school bell rings Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else Everybody's somebody else When the school bell rings Well, maybe your custodian, he's a race car driver, the secretary, she's a deep sea diver, the teacher's working on her helicopter flyer, cause everybody's somebody else when the school bell rings. My buddies and me, we were like you, through the school day we pretty hard But at home we plugged into these amps and cranked them up and let music make us 
Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody else. When the school bell rings, or maybe your librarian she dances on the ballroom floor, and the principal is managing a hardware store, and the cooks are making a fortune selling French imported bling. Cause everybody, somebody else. When the school bell rings. Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody else. When the school bell rings. Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody else. When the school bell rings. Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody else. Everybody, somebody. is Back in School by Neil Brewer and Friends. All musical proceeds Neil Brewer and Friends receives are donated to the Harvard Stem Cell Institute to put an end to muscular dystrophy. For more information, go to the Kidstar website, www.kidstar.org. <laughs> 